0: Hey there, you
1: wascally wabbits. Kevin Gotti here, Gutting the Sacred Cow. New episode this week. We've got Tristan Circa 89 making his Gutting the Sacred Cow debut. He's from Geek Vibe Nations, and boy, he wants to tell everybody why Jerry Maguire is just plain drivel. You complete me, yeah, to drinking. Joining me as co host for this is Random Rob, as in The 3R Show, Random Ramblings with Rob great dude been on the show a bunch he's sitting in the co-host chair and we're gonna see if tristan circa 89 can tell us why jerry Maguire should be shown the door and not the money yeah dude. it's the same old story boy finds girl boy boy loses girl girl finds boy boy forgets girl boy remembers girl girl dies in a tragic blimp accident over the orange bowl on new year's day good year no the worst be rob from random ramblings of rob what's up buddy what is that film
2: don't make me lie to you
1: (laughs) we're gonna know real fast if you're lying to me or not
2: Oh, yeah. No idea, I assume. No, not, not a clue.
1: <laughs> We're going to go to our guest, Tristan. What's up, buddy? How are you? Do you know what film that those lines are from? Uh,
3: I, that sounds so familiar, but I'm just I'm drawing a blank right now. Right. So, as soon as you say what it is, I'm going to be like,
1: oh, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you both are going to know it because you both have seen this movie a million times, Naked Gun. I own it. <laughs> I yes, do, too. Dang it. Yeah, you in a lot of movies, a lot of bad ones, too, but good ones as well. But, man, everyone owns Naked Gun. How do you not know that one?
2: Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I yeah, haven't you're, seen that here, since I was like a kid.
1: <laughs> I, really? I re- rewatch that every so often. And I, in fact, I watch it New Year's Eve with the wife, and, boy, it does not miss a beat. It is still perfect. Kevin Goatee here, folks. Welcome to the best movie review, movie debate podcast out there where we give a platform to those who, With people who have popular, uh, unpopular opinions, excuse me, about some of our most popular movies. Today, we've got Tristan hanging out with us today. Tristan, you hail off from the Geek Vibes Network crew, correct? Yes,
3: the Geek Vibes station.
1: The Geek Vibes group has been amazing to us. They've always supported us, retweeted us. Tia was on. Um, Big fan of those guys and girls. They're awesome. Tristan has decided to do the 1996 rom-com special off quoted never duplicated jerry Maguire, a 1996 budget of 50 million bucks a box office hall of 273.6 million dollars turn that into 2023 money 90.8 million dollar budget box office hall 496.9 million (laughs) dollars that is about that is a five and a half time roi not that bad but probably it is a lot of money but in the tom cruise you know universe probably middle of the pack for what he's done yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and when you have that kind of credit to your name you have the world by the balls boys. IMDB, as we know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. We're going to my guest Tristan first. Tristan, what do you think Jerry Maguire has on the old IMDB?
3: And people really like it. So it is on a scale of one to ten. One to ten with decimal points. Probably has like a like a nine point. Five nine know. five. Rob, that's kind of high. That's
1: kind of high, is right. But is he right though? We'll find out, Rob. What do you think it scored? I One know attempt.
2: exactly what it is because I oh, looked this already. Oh,
1: then you're going to <laughs> recuse yourself because then you know the answer would be seven point three. Wow, really? You're a out bit a, high, bit high yeah. there, Tristan. I feel like and people that really like, love it too. They, lo- I mean, that much they love. Nine point five is like die hard. I thought, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. you know what? You're right. You're right. Or,
2: Man, uh, that's like out of two hundred thousand some odd votes and shit. Yep. <laughs> let's go to the
1: critics, Rotten Tomatoes. We're gonna go to Rob. Did you look at that score as well? Those my, my I did friend. not. Okay. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes one through one hundred. Rob, let's hear it, pal. What do you have?
2: Sheesh. Uh, one to a hundred. Uh, I'm saying
3: maybe 86 86 Tristan what do you have see I was gonna say 80 so I was yeah right there in the 80s the both of you are very close just hovering right around it 84.
2: I'm I'm the closest No, you're yeah. the closest he's the closest because I went over
1: <laughs> prices right rules are in effect for this game gentlemen so knowing <laughs> that in mind let's go to Tristan audience Rotten Tomato score what did Jerry Maguire get on the audience Ooh,
2: score? this should be interesting
3: I'm tempted to go higher, but I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say
1: 90. 90. Rob, what do you have? I'm going to
2: say 93.
1: I'm going to say you're both not anywhere anywhere close. 79. Okay. That makes sense. Mm. (laughs) Quotes. I'm Mr. Black people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Next. Next one, you're my motherfucker.
2: So, now, I want y'all to know that today was my very first time seeing this movie in full.
3: What? Really?
2: I've never seen this movie from end to end. I know of it. I know of the quotables or whatever. But unfortunately for me today, the version that I watched was the edited version. So, I did not get all the cool cuss words.
1: Oh. Well, let's give you another one. I'm all heart, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You had me at hello, and the obvious. Show me the money. Wait, let's go back to that, Rob. Did you like watch the TBS version or some shit? or the, yeah, or the free I, version?
2: I I watched. Yeah, I watched the free version, the one that I didn't have to pay for.
1: <laughs> God damn, three dollars. You make enough money, right? <laughs> I'll well, spend I mean, 3 dollars.
2: Well, I was gonna do that, but like I had to. I had to do this kind of while I was at work. But uh, like, <laughs> so it was, I'm going to put this movie in my collection. And I was like, yeah, maybe I can get it. But I was like, I got to have the physical copy. There ain't No way in hell that I was going to get it, get home in time to watch the whole thing. So I was just like, fuck it. This is free. Let me get it. Let me watch it.
1: I mean, you could have gotten the iTunes version on your phone to watch it. But okay. By the way, I didn't know you're not allowed to watch movies while being a snuff film director. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just blow up your spot. I couldn't think of a better job. That was that was funny. So I went to the reflex. Did you guys have any quotes that stood out to you, Tristan? Let's kick it off to you, the guest. Any quotes that I did not mention that jumped out to you?
3: The the line where he tells her, "You complete me," which is, com- is complete bullshit. Yeah, I left that one out there for you guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I am
2: Mister Black people, or whatever. <laughs> it got me because like. I'd never seen this movie before, and to hear that come out of his mouth, I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> Did you just cock an eyebrow and your head to the side, like, huh?
2: I was like, this is 90s. It's
3: okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's gonna fly today. Any other oh, quotes? No. Any other quotes
2: today, gentlemen? No, not that I can pick, not that I can in right. my brain right now. You me either.
1: Let let me enlighten you fellas with five fun facts a lot of ifs uh, I'm going to I love alliteration you should know that by now Rob how many times have I done yes, your sir. show A lot. What, do you want to take a guess on how many on two guys who were pretty much doing this film but then backed out I'll give you hints of course one of them is an absolute megastar from the 80s 90s to this day the other guy was a star really 90s 2000 and has kind of petered off but has maybe made a little bit of an, a, a reemergence two guys given to me, which is seeking one cup. (laughs) They should be cast out. They recast that with two trans people. I'd like to see that.
2: Oh my. So, um, this would be people who signed on to do the film, but pulled out. What were they supposed to be? The role they were supposed uh, to be. Mm Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. Jerry. they were supposed to be Jerry Maguire.
2: Hmm. Damn. Nineties.
3: I feel like I've come across this before. Like I've read about this somewhere, but, I never cared to think about anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because Tom Cruise is so great. Like, I can't imagine anybody else playing him, playing Jerry Maguire. Can can, can we say Bruce Willis? You can say Bruce Willis, but I can say you're wrong. I know Uh, I'm wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Shot in the Dark never hurts. Tristan, a guess, or shall I move along?
3: Okay, so let me ask you this. Like, is it somebody who... Like these, you know, these people that we would be like, wait, that person, like, is it just somebody who's way off? Like, were they? Brandon Fazer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. One one is a megastar really till today. And the other guy, like I had said, was a kind of hit his stride around late 80s, 90s, and then 2000s. I'll give you more hit. He had a hit in 2000 that blew up and that carried him for a little bit, kind of petered off. And now has made a little bit of a reemergence.
3: This is really frustrating. me. let not move on.
1: <laughs> Russell Crowe was a guy, was one of them. He took so long doing the script. Oh, sorry, I took that back. I'm looking at another part. Never mind. Forget Russell Crowe. Forget Russell Crowe. Because mm-hmm. I wrote, I wrote, put Crowe, and I thought it was Russell Crowe. I meant Cameron Crowe. Shoot me in the face. The actor who was, again, the the megastar, Tom Hanks. Huh. Hmm. Tom Hanks, he took so, Russell Crowe, and I should put in the first names from now on. Russell Crowe, God damn it, I did it again. Cameron Crowe took so long doing the script that Hanks was no longer a 35 year old man by the time they shot. He was almost 40 and had two Academy Awards and wanted to direct films as opposed to star. He told uh, Russell Crowe, Russell Crow, God damn it, Cameron Crowe said in 1997, <laughs> Hanks rejected the earlier script version because he did not buy the marriage part.
3: Yeah. Not the only one. Well, I, I, I'll tell you why. All right, save save
1: your notes. Save your notes. You know the drill. Uh, Kuba Gooding and Tom Cruise read the locker room scene because Gooding was auditioning for the film. He said, "Am I naked in the scene?" Cameron Crowe said, "Yes." Kuba Gooding snapped off his pants and stood naked. And Cameron writes, "Come on, let's go." Stunned and laughing as we watched, beckoned with his hands, Guba said, as in, "Good." Kuba Gooding Journey said, as in, "Bring it on." Let's read the scene. And go, and then he shouts joyously, I'm going to get this part. I ain't afraid of nothing. And then Russell Crowe said, "Action." Cruz yelled out, "You got the part. Let's go celebrate." "No, leave your clothes here. We'll just go right to my trailer right now and celebrate." <laughs> the second half is what I made up. The first half is completely true. Uh, Jonathan- I can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Lipnicki, the little kid has a pur- has a purple belt in jujitsu. I guess he likes reminding people that the human head does weigh eight pounds. After he has him in a chokehold, after they provoke him at a bar.
2: Oh hell yeah! Because that eight pounds is gonna Snack. to the ground.
1: <laughs> Do you know the human head it weighs lights out? Uh, No, you're not going to guess this. Connie Britton was almost cast as Dorothy Boyd. They brought Renee Zellweger in last. Connie Britton was heartbroken and joked she didn't get the part because, quote, maybe because I was too tall?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that's a
3: short motherfucker. It is. He is. is.
1: Last one. This is funny as hell. Cuba Gooding's dad was banned on set. Cuba Gooding Jr. talked how his dad, Cuba Gooding Sr., as if we needed to know that, didn't hold back on the set. Kuba introduced his dad to Tom Cruise and the dad gave uh, Tom Cruise a hug and said, but seriously, are you gay or not? Damn. Kuba later scolded his dad saying, you can't keep your lips loose and they move too fast. So he I flat mean, out trying to out Tom Cruise on set.
2: I mean, hell, I mean. Allegedly. I, I don't. I don't, you know, that seems about brand because I see how Junior is. I can only imagine how Senior is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Senior may be on the level of Kanye when he's got a few drinks on
2: him. (laughs) Maybe.
1: And now, folks, let's have the audience get on on the fun as we have them ask a gutter. And i lost my spot here of course here we go and the first question is from at newark night brandon oglesby does jerry Maguire count as a sports film second part is you complete me the cheesiest rom-com line
2: yes (laughs) on both uh
1: this is for the gutter rob
3: not for the (laughs) (laughs) co-host but yeah but uh, you know i i Agree. Like, I feel like it works better as a sports film. Like, that should have been all it was. But, like, you know, I'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, You Can Plate Me. It, I feel like it, it doesn't work for this movie. I mean, in general, it is cheesy, but it coming from Jerry Maguire is gotcha. bullshit. So.
1: As a sports snob, this is not a sports film, fellas. This is a rom-com. This is an, an agent movie. There is about exactly four minutes, maybe, of sports footage. This is not a sports film. I'm going to veto any possible attempts of
3: overriding that idea. And I wrote my notes. I was like, this comes off like... Not there's anything wrong with like romantic comedies or chick flicks but I was like it comes off like a romantic comedy disguised trying to disguise itself as a sports film but nice try yeah. Cameron Crowe
1: I'm not buying yeah. this shit It's
2: yeah. like hey man we got to get the bros in here and then they're yeah. like oh <laughs> Uh
1: next question at Lord Snurts only saw Jerry Maguire once in the theater most Remember the frequently quoted show me the money. What overused other overused nineties quotes should be put to rest? Ooh, good question. 90s overused quotes. Shit. Huh. I've got a lot of them.
2: I'm I'm very bad at this. <laughs> how
1: about how about run forest run? True. That one's annoying.
3: Any, any quote from Clueless needs to be retired. Clyde, that if. film's terrible. As,
1: if, yeah. as, as much as I love this movie, it pains me to say, but hasta la vista, baby. I love T2. We all who, love T2. Who the hell
2: is saying that?
1: People here and there.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Any other ones jump out at you fellas?
2: Nah, nah yeah, not really. I, I mean, shit. I mean, you said some ones that I was like, I, who, who the fuck say that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of any other big ones from the 90s that are just kind of... ah. Oh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me.
3: Yeah, after the <laughs> show's over. <laughs> yeah. But Next. seriously, though, please—I was going say to say—everyone, retire the clueless quotes. It was a long time ago. Let's, let's let that go.
1: Was Mean Girls? No, Mean Girls was after. It was like early two thousands. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. That. You That's,
3: don't that. even
2: go here. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah, there we go. Uh oh. How about American Pie, where it's just uh, MILF, 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 MILF.
2: I don't think the MILFs are ever going to go away.
1: <laughs> no, no, but just these channels. I love, I love American Pie. That's not going to twisted. Okay, next one. At Ty Tannenbaum, is Jerry Maguire imbued with any Scientology self-actualization nonsense? I don't
2: That's, know. No. <laughs> I, don't so. yeah, I, I, don't, I don't
3: think so. I don't think so. I don't think so speak,
2: either, Ty. I don't, don't want to speak a certain way about that type of stuff anyway. We might get a hit put out on us.
1: Yeah, that was so nineteen ninety seven, bro. The, the Scientology mob is—they're—they're they're down. They're not—they're not looking to uh, assail you for any kind of nay speak. Also, Jerry Maguire is one of those VHS tapes that you always see on VHS at the Goodwill. It's sold like gangbusters, like Apollo thirteen and Titanic. Oh, there you go. Two more: A, I'm the King of the World. B, Houston, we have a problem. Two more that need to be retired.
2: There you go. I mean, then I live in Houston, so I, I do hear that one. All right.
1: At Eric four, nine, five, three. Did they ever explain in Jerry Maguire? What happened to the fish that he stole?
2: It's still in the, uh, the tank. The, the yeah. lady wound up keeping it. Yes. Yeah,
3: in Dorothy's living room. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Am I also follow up? Am I the only one who laughs at the bitter, angry, divorced wives club meeting? Yuck! And they wonder why <laughs> they are divorced. Guess who talks about that in his notes? Me good, good. I'm, I'm sure Chris uh, Tristan you do as well yes how many copies of Jerry Maguire have been bought for $5.99 at Walmart a lot yeah too many <laughs> I to count
2: think, you, I think they used to give them away when you walked in hi oh welcome to Walmart here's a copy
1: <laughs> with some guy with a big goiter out of the side of his neck handing them out to you
2: hey man don't talk about Jerry like that <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy
1: and that's gonna and that's gonna do it for this section of Ask a gutter So Rob let's have Tristan he's playing a kind of coy he's, he's one of those gunslingers he's got his hand right there but he's not ready to pull the trigger quite yet but I think he's about ready to Let's have Tristan do what I know he's gonna do quite aptly and that is gut the sacred cow.
2: I feel like you should have some visual effects like the words just pop up on the screen and shit.
1: <laughs> i should do that but uh that's all done in post so too bad you're not going to yes. see
3: that right now <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> all right so let's get into this jerry Maguire. this is a film about a a talented sports agent who falls from grace after he has this what this this crisis of uh, of conscience and he decides you know he mm-hmm. writes this memo about how he wants to change his industry you know what, what does he say um less clients or uh, fewer clients less money or something like that yeah more relationship oriented yeah. than everything w- wants to be more relational less transactional be- it, you know it's a beautiful idea it's yeah, i feel like it has the makings of a great movie we've been um duped into believing that jerry goes on this epic journey of self reflection and change and that's complete bullcrap. And I think I would argue that he doesn't really change much. He changes a little, but he doesn't change much by the end of the film. So let's start with, I'll actually start with his relationship with Rod because that'll that's, that'll be quick to get out of the way. I actually like going into this, I was gonna talk about how he treats Dorothy. And so like that was what I was gonna be focusing on. But I rewatched the movie this past weekend. And so the great thing about his relationship with Rod is that we actually see him, you know, he. He treats Rod like he's been treating Rod like crap. That's the impression we get at the beginning of the film. Like he neglects him out of all of his clients. Um, and then suddenly Rob is the only one he has, Rod is the only one he has left. And they build a relationship. You see him putting in work to like gain Rod's trust and brotherhood and admiration and respect. Now, Which he should have done from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning. There we go. But what gets me? When I was watching this film, I thought about, like, you know, there's that, that that you know, the scene I'm talking about at the end when Rod gets injured and he's unconscious. And, you know, uh, Rod's wife, Reg- played by Regina Hall, calls him and Jerry's like, well, this is what gets me. He tells her there are great doctors on the field and all just the doctors the coaches- are doing like- but they were just snapping, like they were just clapping to wake him up. I was like, what kind of doctrine is that? <laughs> yeah. Witchcraft, like was, witchcraft, that's right? what it is.
2: Yeah, it looked like it was just the coaches and the assistant staff and shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, and they're just clapping. Okay, so then he gets up and does his little dance and everybody loves him. And then he gets his contract. And, then, you know, oh, before that, he and Jerry hug. But here's what gets me about that scene. So at the beginning of the film, remember, Jerry is visiting his client, like Steve, Steve uh, Rumo. And the guy's gotten like four concussions. And so his son, who's played by Drake Bell, goes out into the hallway and is talking to Jerry, like, who's going to stop him? And Jerry's like, oh, you know, we could never stop your dad. And the son's like, you know, fuck you, yada, yada, yada. Again, I didn't realize that was Drake Bell until I watched it on Amazon. But um, so you would think with them showing that that when Rod gets injured, he's an asshole. But like when Rod gets injured, I'm like, so Jerry, you know. Even though he bounces back, you would think that Jerry would still kind of think back to what happened to Steve. I just wanted a line where he was like, hey, you know, Rod, I'm glad you're OK. but We're going to get that noggin checked out to make sure everything's good. Because, again, he doesn't want him to turn out like Steve. You know, so I'm like, so, Jerry, did you not learn the lesson from what happened with with Steve? Like, are you not concerned about Rod's, like, what's going to happen if this happens two or three more times? And what the Jerry, like, why are you not thinking about this?
2: Well, I mean, this this is 1996, and I ain't give a fuck about none of that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that's true. That's true.
2: Because I mean, to be concussed and laid ablaze on the field is a badge of honor to show your toughness in the on the gridiron and shit.
3: But but you know, it's right. relational. Jerry has built this relational, mm-hmm. you know, this gone on this relational journey with with Rod, so he should care, right? Because he's he's changed. He's a well. He did care. Emotional... He loved him. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? <laughs> OK, so, uh, you know, no, I'm not backing down off of that. No, he, Jerry needs to acknowledge that he was concerned, that he was worried. The same thing that happened to Steve might happen to Rod. I mean, the, everything that played out is still going to played out the same way. I'm just saying, at least give me a line where Jerry acknowledges like, hey, you know, again, this is great, but I just want to acknowledge that, you know, I'm concerned about you long term. I, that's what I was
0: looking for. I mean, and this I is this like, is
1: this is long before the Will Smith concussion doctor. I, I forgot the name of the doctor he portrayed. Tell the they,
4: truth,
1: right? Yeah, they weren't doing this stuff back again, like you said, Rob. In the '90s, it was all just ah, he's got his bell rung, even though he ran to the wrong huddle on the field, kind of thing. So I'm just you can't really penalize it for the times that it was shot in. Is my point?
2: Uh, yeah! I mean, look at Unnecessary Roughness, uh, the last Boy Scout. Like, I
1: rewatched last. That, I rewatch Unnecessary Roughness three days ago, and it still is an abominable piece of shit. It is. I didn't
3: I didn't smirk once. Sorry to interrupt you, Tristan, by my apologies. No, no, you're good. You're good, y'all. I'm still not backing down off of this, though. He was there for the <laughs> birth of this man's child. True. He has uh, hung out with this man and his wife. He looks to rod and his wife as, as like a an source ideal. of inspiration yeah yeah as a source of inspiration which we'll talk about with the problems with that in a second but like so that's not just he's not that's not just his client that's his friend that's his brother like they have a bond at this point so i'm still saying that jerry for you not to be concerned about that that concussion and not to i don't know if he's be thinking back to what happened to your one of your previous clients do you have jerry do you give, do you really give a shit like he has this contract now so you know you're gonna get your bonus you're on your way back to being on top do but do you care about what's going to happen to rod long term I'm just saying mm-hmm. right no
1: I mean listen I get that I'll just play devil's advocate McGuire is like you know what that's my meal ticket like i can't have my my guy out that's the thing mm-hmm. he's more worried about his own his dollar than his his client's
2: life and true it was like from what I get from the movie or whatever, this dude was on the down tail of his career. This was going to be his last contract and he was going to retire soon thereafter. So Jerry's whole goal was just to get him that deal that he wanted on the end so he can retire in, uh, in lavish luxury and shit. So he didn't give a fuck after that. Once he got the contract, I mean, hey, I did my job. You know what you do for these next four years or whatever. I mean, hey, I got you your money.
3: <laughs> right. I don't know, so maybe we'll just agree to disagree on on that one. Sure. Um, Well, I'm
2: agreeing with you. You saying he being a dick, kind of. So yeah.
3: Okay, you do. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, we're not not disagreeing. Keep going, bud. All right, so let's talk about his relationship with Dorothy because that is the most like, you know, you know, Kevin, when you were uh, were introducing the film earlier, you talked about how it was a romantic comedy, right? Why should people want to be like this couple? They are the most like dysfunctional, like just. uh, uh, Let's get into it. So, yes, with Rod, so uh, you know, would you guys agree that his relationship with Rod and his relationship with Dorothy are the two most important relationships in the movie? Sure, correct, right? So, like I mentioned earlier, and the (laughs) the fish, and the fish, and the kid, (laughs) and the kid, (laughs) and Kush. (laughs) So, let's talk about how okay, so with Rod in that relationship, you know, he, he again, that's a neglected client. We actually see him again, like I mentioned earlier, earn Rod's admiration and respect. You know, there's that scene where Rod is doing that commercial and doesn't like it. And Jerry's like, "Okay, yeah, we're going to leave. Like, you see him actually stepping up to the plate, walking the walk, talking. You know, he's actually, uh, yeah, he's actually walking the walk um, with Rod. What does he do in his relationship with Dorothy to show that woman that he really loves? her? Like, So the last conversation they have before the you complete me line is when um, she says, you know, Jerry, I, she, I wrote down her quote. She says, I have a great guy who loves my son and likes me a whole lot. Yeah. Okay, Dorothy. So then for the next time you see him, he says, he, he walks into the room and says hello. Mind you, she said he had her at hello. At so hello. He, at hello. So he didn't even have to get to the, you complete me. Mind you, she cuts in in, in his defense. I'll say she actually cuts him off when he's about, he says, you complete me. And he's about to explain why. But, like, what does Jerry do to show her that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, with Rod, there's actual actions that he takes. With Dorothy, like, there's just nothing. There's just a toxic relationship. They both preyed on each other's loneliness, um, vulnerability. Like, Dorothy isn't innocent in this. Like, So let's talk
2: about Dorothy real
3: quick. Hold on, hold on. Hold
1: on, Rob. Let him do his notes, and then you got your notes section later on. Okay
2: yep okay cool because cool. i kind of want to just go with this guy <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you got your notes let, let let tristan roll out here
3: so oh, this was nothing that really made me mad about that about how the movie ended so they end up together right okay so remember at the beginning of the film at his bachelor party we see that video with all his ex-girlfriends mm-hmm. they all say jerry can't be alone kelly preston's character who starts out as his fiance, when he's breaking up with her she says jerry you can't be alone So for them to, for the writers to emphasize that, just to have him end up with Dorothy, even though the film acknowledges that this is toxic, he doesn't really love her. They both kind of, they're both fulfilling a need that each other has, even though they're not really there yet. Like, what was the point of that? What was the point of that, the repeated line of Jerry can't be alone. He has intimacy issues. Just for him to end up with Dorothy, who he had at Hello!, even though she had called him out in the previous scene about the fact that he doesn't love her. Dorothy, you know, Dorothy is too weak in the knees for me. Stand up, Dorothy. I need you to stand up, Dorothy, because you you just, what is all this swooning? And if I can quote my sister, she was like, you know what cra- was crazy about Dorothy? She left, she's a single mother who left her job for Dick. Right. Dick that <laughs> she Potential dick. Potential dick. dick. Potential, <laughs> dick. Potential <laughs> dick. Dick. That she it wasn't guaranteed. She didn't know if she would like it or not. He ended up being a dick, like really being a dick. So, like Dorothy, you you're a fool right now. So why should we be rooting for you? Like you're not innocent in this. You, I, and, like can we talk about how Dorothy kept losing track of her kid? Like I I can't put it all.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is that should the first
3: first yeah, warning that, sign.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen. Child protective services should also have been hired in this film.
3: Yes, Dorothy mm-hmm. kept losing track of her kid. like, I don't you know, I'm not saying anything negative about single mothers. I can't imagine how hard it must be to raise a child by yourself. But like Dorothy, i I, I don't know. And then, and there's one scene that really, really stood out to me as strange. The scene after you know the morning after they hooked up or whatever, when she's talking to her sister, she's like, "I'm just so in love with him. I love the person he wants to be and and um who he is. And Jerry's just standing there listening. And even though he knows he doesn't love this woman, he proceeds with the relationship because he's heard all this stuff. She's feeding his ego. How psychotic is that? A hundred percent. You know, like he's just standing there. I was like, that's actually really creepy that he was just standing there listening and then decide, OK, I don't love her, but I'm going to. When she gets ready to move to San Diego, he lets this woman pack up. She's probably accepted the job, signed the lease and all that stuff. He waits until she's about to drive off. So, (laughs) yeah, you're 100% right. He packs the shit
1: up with her. (laughs) Yeah, he's lugging stuff out, sweating, maybe pulled a back muscle, working his ass off. And then it's just like, I think now is the time to tell her right before I'm ready to lift the ramp up and push it in the back of the U-Haul. Like, you know what? I want to marry you. Like, no, we could have saved ourselves All this work, packing shit up by that nothing sucks more than moving. I don't care if you move across the street like I did. It still sucks. It is the worst. So we could have saved ourselves all that charade and just cut to the chase. Like, you know what? Hey, before you start putting stuff away, before you even buy boxes and packing tape,
3: let's just have a conversation.
2: Just a just a quick one. Yeah, yeah.
3: She, I mean, she probably he probably went with her to look at apartments. She signed a lease. She probably missed yeah. her some schools. I mean, it, shout out to Bonnie Hunt's character who plays her sister Laurel because she's in that kitchen. She's like, no, Dorothy, don't do it. Don't do it, Dorothy. Don't do it. Let's talk about how Laurel before she even meets Jerry, she's like. She tells us, she's like, you're just his soft place to land. Like, she has Jerry's yeah. number before he even shows up to the door. And I mean, everything. Look at the he, club. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. But it's so funny because everything Jerry does after she says, after she meets him and assumes how he's going to be, he proves her right. So I'm like, So and then remember, even when he proposed to her, the first thing he said, he was like, I think I have an idea on how we can save money on insurance and medical bills. So he lets her know up front. This isn't really because I love you, but I think we can save some money here.
2: Also, this is like uh, that hit kind of home for me because being in the military, (laughs) you get a lot of arranged marriage marriages for benefits and shit. So I was like, oh, this is this is familiar to me. This is old hat.
1: I thought you were going to say this hit home for you because you had a woman that you hired with a kid and you're like, you know what? I got to take care of her now (laughs) and repose to her. This was not part of her benefits package, but it is now. Mm -hmm.
3: So let me, so I think I've kind of, I feel like I kind of jumped around, but like, yeah, this isn't a, this isn't a couple that people should aspire to be like, like there's nothing romantic about their relationship, even down to the end of the movie. Like, okay, so. He decides to you know go home to her after seeing Rod his wife on the phone. But again, Jerry still. I mean, what has he shown? What is again? What has he done to show her he loves her? Like, what are the tangible actions that he takes? Because again, he apparently he didn't have to do much because he had her at hello. But still, I'm like on Jerry's end. Like, okay, you showed up to the bitter woman's group, mind you. Okay. These women were just pissed off. The entire film, Jerry walks in with teary eyes, says, you complete me. They don't know what the hell he has put this woman through. And suddenly they're all crying. And oh, even Laurel, the sister who did not like him throughout the entire fucking movie, is like, like, why are you crying, Laurel? Nothing that you said about him has been proven to be untrue at this point. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so, then even like before you walked in there, <laughs> she was talking about
2: I used to talk down on y'all, how y'all be in yeah. here, be all bitter and shit.
3: <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, Dorothy's an asshole. Cause I, I was watching, them. I forgot that she told them. She said, you know, I used to listen to you guys with these sob stories. But I'm like, yo, so you're telling them like but this is like real things that have happened to them. So to tell them their, their stories are sob stories. I'm like, again, I realized watching it again, Dorothy's kind of an asshole. She's not innocent. In all That's what they meant to be together. <laughs> <laughs> toxic, toxic. But uh, uh, yeah, I Jerry Maguire, I don't know why people hold this up like in you know, that Dorothy and Jerry relationship is just some iconic love because it's really toxic. He uses her, she uses him. Like, uh, yeah, those are pretty much my points.
1: That's point cool. All right, good. Give me a number one to 10, then, Tristan.
3: One to 10. Okay. So, you know, without the five, I'm going to go with the five. All right. So, Eight. you don't hate it. It's yeah, I get the point, though.
1: excellent rob why don't you uh why don't you be old number two here and jump in with your notes here sir
2: well shit, man I, <laughs> I, i'm right off the top i took this movie for face value because i mean here it is 2023 and this is my first time seeing a 1996 film with, so, the, cur-
1: with the curse words edited out too mind yes you.
2: with the cuss words edited out <laughs> <laughs> you know so like it was crazy in the beginning when you had to, you know, the guy, his first client that was in the hospital with the concussion just sitting, you I guess you said the kid said, fuck you. It was just like the kid was like, forget you, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. So that was kind (laughs) of jarring because you can visibly see when a cuss word was edited and whatever, because, you know, you get the kung fu lips be like suck, (laughs) you know. But let's let's break these two down a little bit. He was 35 years old, right? Up and coming goddamn agent and shit for this firm. And she was 25, 10 years his junior. And she already had a five-year-old which would have made her, what, like 20, 21 when she got pregnant or some shit like that. So in a conversation with her sister, she said she'd been with three guys in four years. So that's like (laughs) from what, 21 to Right after she broke up with the baby daddy, I guess who who was that the sitter? Because I I I misunderstood that.
3: No, she said he died, and she she said he died. Oh yeah, he died. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You know what's confusing though? I'm just real quick. You know what's confusing? The kid remembers his dad because he's like, my mom took me to the zoo after my dad died. So he remembered the zoo visit, which means he probably remembered the dad's death. Yeah. But he's you know again I'm saying timeline wise, I'm trying to figure out when. Yeah. This whole movie is weird. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because like. You talk about how fast they move in this relationship but this movie doesn't establish a good timeline because it's just like you see you go to a scene then you're in the next scene or whatever and there there's no established amount of time has passed it seems like it's all just you know over the course of day by day when it's really not you know so like how they move so fast in this relationship it doesn't make sense the way it was edited you know so the line that stick out to me in my head when he had to talk with Rod about how he felt about Dorothy. And to me, it kind of defined his character a little bit because he comes from this world of being a goddamn, a businessman, you know, a go-getter, you know, a salesman. salesman. And his response was, I married her, you know, out of loyalty, you know, that kind of hit me, man. I was just like, damn, I was like, he, he does feel enough about her to arrange this marriage, so he can take care of her, his business, and even the kid, because the kid has special needs. That's why they made the big harp about the insurance earlier on, because the kid needed stuff. I
1: right? wouldn't say his special needs. I just say his medically medical issues. I think special needs. I think something else. I mean, I, I just think he's like asthmatic yeah. or, he's, or he's allergies. I would say. I don't. I wouldn't well, say special needs.
2: Yeah, I I forget that that word carries heavier weight than what I meant to. That, <laughs> but sure. like he he has specific medical needs. How about right? That? <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, sure, I'm with you. So, I I I kind of like give him a little bit for that because you know he could have been all like, well, fuck fuck that bitch, let her figure it out on her own, you know. But he kind of stepped up in a you know helped her out in that aspect. But it's just like. The dynamic between the two i think is because of the age gap the 10 year difference and everything this dude ex- experienced 10 more years of life more than this girl had who had a freaking baby at 20. so that's you can imagine that was like either early college or right out of high school or some shit, you know mm. so it's just like this child this because i still call it a child because i have a kid around that age <laughs> still doesn't know shit about shit. So. <laughs>
1: Does your kid climb on the on the carousel of a baggage in a in a
2: terminal at the airport too? No, because I watch my kids. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't give a fuck about being a single parent, and I know it can be overwhelming. I did the shit with two kids, so <laughs> I didn't lose not now one of them. So I mean, you need you need to get your head out of the clouds and everything, because you could tell she was enamored by him or whatever, and she had like this girlish, childlike glee affection toward this. Guy that she kind of idolized, especially after he re- uh, wrote that little, you know, memoir type deal or whatever, because she was fucking stalking the dude essentially from the plane ride in the beginning of the movie. You know, listening in on this conversation. Hundred percent, you're right. Oh yeah, you know, so it's just like, can we blame Jerry for how he treated her because she presented herself that way? <laughs> you know, she made it. She made it too easy in a lot of ways. I completely agree with both
1: your takes on yeah. that. She really. It's almost like the thrill is gone. Especially if you know when someone likes you, and you're like, "Gotcha, bitch!" Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I can do what the fuck I want to do now. Like it's game on. Like once they once they show your hand, whoever show. I mean, it's shitty to say, but it's the truth. Like whoever shows their hand first loses. Yeah. So you better be goddamn sure. You better be sure that they feel the same way about you before you show your shit. And the fact she's like, "Hi, nice to meet you." Here I'm holding a pair of kings or whatever. You know, in a, in a poker analogy, like, "Ah, oh, cool. I have you know." two i have a pair of twos i'm gonna get this bitch because she doesn't know what i have you know kind of thing
2: so did he not have any mentors in the game you know he I did noticed. he
1: had that old that old guy kept flashing back
2: to did he say that was his mentor or was it somebody that he idolized that was somebody that he idolized yeah all right because i don't think a guy like that if that was his mentor i don't think he um I don't think it was his mentor. I just think it was a guy that he idolized that he listened to, like, you know, audiobooks or read articles and shit that he wrote. And you might have kind of patterned his career after him because it's evident that this young 35 year old man in this cutthroat industry did not have any mentors to guide him through this shit. Because, first of all, when you have a number one pick prospect, I even know this and I, this is not my fucking field. You sign a motherfucking contract. So this dude, mm-hmm. you know, trying not to betray his morals or whatever, and just kind of want to take people at face value and their word and everything is admirable, but it's fucking stupid in business, (laughs) you know? So you mean to tell me this guy that is like the top agent in this field, like wouldn't get the fucking clue. Cause I imagine that he's seen, especially the way he got fired. He knew that guy was an asshole. He knew he was working for an asshole. What make you think that like the world isn't like that to where you can just trust a motherfucker at his word to not sign this contract and shit? You know? Right. So I don't I don't understand that aspect of it. I mean, how can you be in that field and be that fucking naive? Uh the fucking pacing of this film, just the time skips, just like everything, it felt rushed. And it was cold, like how you were saying, how he, they went to the draft night. He went to the airport to supposed to be picking up Rod and everything. He just walked up to the man, shook his hand, left, and went off to Cushman, the number one pick and shit. Just like that's highly fucking disrespectful, and for him to stick around with a dude that would do that to you, you know. And I'm, you know, I'm paying you, you my freaking guy. Nah, that shit don't fly, son. But I don't know. That's that's probably a, a testament to a, like how good he was to where he would eat shit like that just to keep him on retainer or whatever. But like still come on player
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh play devil's advocate maybe rod didn't have any other options like that maybe maguire was his only hope true representative i don't true. mean i don't know i don't know but that's could be
3: i mean it, it can't be remember, like that i was gonna say remember at the end though um oh like jerry maguire is his former his former mentee the guy that took all his clients he comes up to rod and he's bob like, sugar yeah, yeah sugar. he's like i know this isn't the um Uh, I know this isn't the right time, but, you know, give me a phone call, yada, yada. And like in uh, Bob, was it Bob Sugar? Yeah, Bob Sugar, right. Bob Sugar. He's familiar with Rod because he even says, say hi to Marcy, which is Regina Hall's character. So he's like, he knows the guy. He knows his family, which makes sense because they were all at that company. So I'm like, I feel like he does have, I I didn't really understand why Rod stuck with Jerry. Because it's like, clearly this other guy would take you on. Like, I I feel like. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, at this point. When he got fired and everything, I mean, it was all out war, you know, it was just like, well, you don't work for me no more. Well, fuck you. So any chance I get, I'm stealing your shit or I'm putting up roadblocks and everything. And that was kind of like the, the gist of the movie and right. everything, you know, especially when he broke up with his uh, former fiance and everything and she whipped his ass or whatever. They he had like the shit out of him fucking like... <laughs> love, hate relationship and shit. That was hilarious. <laughs> I forgot about this. scene. I mean, she was beating the crap. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about their relationship. Cause I kind of see what he was getting at, but at the same time, this movie did so horribly at editing the, the, the length of time between instances and everything that I feel like it could have been better if they, you know, Hey, this was over a set a course of this many months or weeks or anything like that to develop that relationship. Cause it feel like straight up shotgun shit or whatever. Oh, you're in my vicinity. I like you let's get married. And I like your kid. And I only met him like three times throughout the movie and shit. So, you know, <laughs> just better pacing in you know, like a, a straight up, Hey, this is how, this is the amount of time that's passed between this and this and this.
1: Right. on. Give me uh is that it or you have more? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm,
2: that's all I got.
1: You got it. Cool. Give me a number one to 10 on your thoughts of this film, sir. <laughs>
2: As much as we we ragged on this,
1: um, <laughs> here we I'm go. Probably, I'm
2: gonna probably give it a five.
1: All right, so you don't hate it.
2: I don't. Five. I don't hate it so much or whatever. But like, I
3: don't know. It's just
2: because I know it is '90s type cheese and
3: shit, right? right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't hate. That's like why I gave it five. I don't hate it, but I'm like, let's just acknowledge that it isn't as perfect as people want to yeah, make hell us no. believe it hell is. No. Yeah
2: it. We'll this is into a it. fucking dumpster fire. This is a fucking clusterfuck. <laughs> hey,
3: a-
1: have you folks written a five-star rating, two or three sentence review about this podcast? Why not? If you haven't, please go on your podcast platform and do so. Post taste. We love it. And I love screenshotting my favorite reviews and posting them on social media. Of course, being at GTSE Podcast and Gutting the Sacred Cow Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. And of course, if you want to email us for uh, to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com is the place to do so. Notes. Some people watch TV when they can't sleep. Some people play video games or beat off. Jerry Maguire, when he can't sleep, writes what he turns out to be the world's largest and first blowhard LinkedIn post. True. It's fun to see Renee Zellweger before she was sung by 800 bees in that last botched cosmetic surgery. Oof! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even back in the day, she ha- always has that look on her face like she either A, got squirted in the eye with a lemon or B, walked through someone's fart cloud. Her face is always scrunched up in amusement. I don't yeah. know why. And here they are. Oh, the peasants complaining about those people who sit in first class. Uh, stop. We've heard that screenwriter we've heard that same trope a million times anyone knows to sit in first class you just open up a new credit card and then a new airline credit card so you can and what's the benefit of sitting in first class you get a c minus meal with nine more inches of leg room with a hot towel but the big difference of course nothing beats sharing the bathroom with eight to twelve upper middle class people versus the hoi polloi you face sharing a bathroom in steerage
2: I don't know that that extra nine inches of leg room, you know, it's huge. I'm, I'm six a, foot. I'm a taller two. fellow.
1: I, I'm <laughs> I'm six foot two, my friend. I get either I'll pay for the exit row. Or I'll do my best to get bumped up. Oh, you're right. Yep. <laughs> right. And let's not forget the quote I forgot to mention at the top. Don't ever stop fucking me. Something that Rob didn't hear because he watched edited version. Tristan this is true. Us. This is where Kelly Preston had never ever had to tell John Travolta that in a real life marriage. Ooh. <laughs> Fantastic acting by Tom Cruise by not vomiting on Kelly Preston when she was in fact riding him. Damn. (laughs) I'm surprised you two didn't jump on this. You touched on it for a second. Who is the psychopath, asshole friend who thought it was a great idea to find all of Jerry Maguire's exes and make a goddamn highlight reel?
3: Yes. It was probably that guy. Uh, the his um, Bob Sugar they fired tea. him, right? Yeah, that guy. It was probably that guy. Yeah, that guy. should be injected with monkeypox
1: and then be the main star of a Viking funeral. I would boot that motherfucker's ass so hard for doing me dirty at my own bachelor party.
2: I know, and it was just like to establish so hard. You know, I mean, they really hammered in the point that he does not like to be alone.
1: Right. You know. <laughs> Can you imagine the guy like, "Hey, I need 5 minutes of your time on screen to tell me why you this guy is a loser." And then, "Oh, let me burn his black book for the fiance." What a what a joke. Cuba Gooding Jr. kills this role. Even as played out as the show me the money scene is, I still it is a great scene. You always smile. Hey, by the way, any of you guys ever quit a corporate America job? I have. Guess what? You don't get three minutes like the Oscars to give a soliloquy. If you raise your voice, security swarms you faster than Ruby was after he shot Oswald in the in the police department parking lot in 1963.
2: And and that was uh, another quotable that kind of escaped from this Who's coming with me? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: A divorced woman's group sounds
1: worse than running out of gas in the south side of Chicago.
2: Or wider Texas. Right.
1: <laughs> that meeting must sound like a combo of hens cackling and bees buzzing.
2: It might not smell good either.
1: <laughs> this is the most camera time that Drew Bledsoe has received without someone mentioning the name Tom Brady. <laughs> I got Rob on that one. Bob Sugar is the type of guy who walks to the front of the plane to crop dust his way all the way back to his seat in 34F.
2: You're right. I can see it. (laughs) Don't want to smell it, though.
1: Kelly (laughs) Preston whipping Tom Cruise's ass faster than Frank Dukes whipped that African guy who had Don King's hair in Bloodsport. (laughs) I'm going with a lot of deep cuts in 80s films here, folks. If you're with me, great. If you're not, I'm with you. I appreciate you. It looks like Renee Zellweger slightly beat out Joey Lauren Adams in the battle of generic blonde lookalikes in the 90s. Hmm. Renee Zellweger's character is 26 in this film. She looks like a hard 33 or older to me. 26, my ass. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the 35-year-old seniors in you know high school movies, a.k.a. Yeah. Teen Wolf. <laughs> How many times do you think Tom Cruise asked Jonathan Lipnicki if he had a hot uncle in real life?
2: Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Allegedly? <laughs>
1: Allegedly. Here's one for you, fellas. I don't think Tom Cruise has ever been drunk in his life based on his portrayal of being drunk at Dorothy's house. Hmm. When he was drunk, I'm like, that guy's never been drunk. Stop it.
2: Hey, man, he's he might be straight itch.
1: That's hey. fine, but his his portrayal of a drunk was laughable at best.
2: Yeah. It's just like he was real sleepy.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And just trying to improv his way through that with uh like, ah, you know what? I saw Barfly once. Let me go through this. <laughs> Another 80s film. Whoops. Hey. Why does Chris, why have a Chris Elliott look alike? Google him young people. He's a genius. As your kids babysitter. And there is nothing worse than a white guy who keeps trying to force feed jazz into everyone's lives.
2: Yeah, that that uh trying to keep save that hair up top too. I didn't I wouldn't feel in it. The,
1: the inverted the reverse flesh yamica. <laughs> laurel dorothy's sister is like every girl at the bar who is the mother hen in quotes of the group by cock blocking her other friends she was always the driver of those hot friends because she can control the night's destiny because she has been too many times been marooned at some random dude's house while her friends are fucking away and she's stuck because that other friend has the keys so
2: I've been that friend, yep. and I've taken advantage of that friend as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always told my friend, "Go for the driver; she controls the night." <laughs> yeah, this film needs editing a lot. Yes. Who has? Who is the editor of this film? Judd Apatow. Uh,
2: this, goddamn! Uh, Freaking a uh, slap chop was the editor of this goddamn <laughs> film. <laughs> it,
1: this film is really dragging in the late second slash early third act call me you know i i must be dense because i missed this i'm not getting the reason they had to break up except for the plot's need to have some kind of stakes to drive to do something different for this point i didn't see like they're just having some like basic couples arguments there was nothing that was catastrophic or kind of irreversible damage done where they're like you know what fuck it you know what we we did we went this too quickly we goofed up no there was nothing there that screamed like Oof, that's bad nothing nah, so n-
2: not at all i mean by that is it, it didn't it didn't seem breakup worthy or whatever being a man that's been married we going on 15 years It's right. just like oh right. man it's like a sunday afternoon argument or some shit
1: <laughs> i mean was she just uh, unless she was hiding how her she has like stomach acid farts and just fart and blast off every 15 minutes that she hid from him in the beginning other than that I didn't see anything here that warranted a breakup. It's weird timing here as we tape this that we just saw Damar Hamlin get hurt and here's Rod Tidwell getting clobbered in the end zone they're gonna catch and everyone crowding over him, except no one was snapping fingers over Damar Hamlin's face. They didn't even have the
3: smelling salts. I was just gonna say smelling salts. That was weird, that was so weird.
1: Right, so for all you football fans like me out there and and sports fans and, and sticklers for this, Rod Tidwell in real life game would get 15 yards for excessive celebration for climbing the gate. The Lambo leap is one thing. The dude's scaling a wall. Nope. And another 15 yards for taking his helmet off while on the field. This is what happened, folks, when you have a nerdy screenwriter that doesn't have a fact checker watching doing his work.
2: Well, I mean, they did kind of try to cover it up a little bit because one of the um, the sportscasters or whatever Frank he's like, hey, said, yeah. Be careful; he's going to get a a flag for this one.
1: NFL, especially back in the day. Now they out they allow you know celebratory dances, but back in the day they had a hair trigger. Remember Randy Moss is doing the moon boom? Fine. Joe Horn pulling the cell phone out of a, the goalpost? Fine. So mm-hmm. flag all these guys are getting flagged. All right. So I dug the first two thirds of this film. It's even more, though, amazing that Jerry Maguire surrounds himself with a bunch of douche canoes like Kelly Preston and Jay Moore and openly opines for their loss for a little bit. That last act really slowed down. It
2: really dragged 15 minutes, half hour. Yeah, Yeah. the, the movie didn't pick up for me until he got fired yeah after that i was like all right now we're doing something let's, let's see what's happening right
1: on uh, Cruz is, uh, and i made no bo- bones about it in many other podcasts tom cruise is the best action film we've had in the last 25 years no one can argue that and he is fantastic and damn near everything he bats 750 in my book three out of four of his films are winners um cuba gooding jr like a,
2: he talk out his nose to me
1: that's fine but he makes great <laughs> films and he's a fantastic producer and does his own stunts i give him credit uh Cooper gooding jr is amazing in this the little kid is cute as a button renee zellweger was ah was meh. people are are, are throwing bouquets at her why i didn't think she was all that great did you fellas not she, she, was she okay. seemed out of place to me she was all I mean, right. right i don't
2: know if that was like a choice because she was playing a young person right or whatever but just the dialogue and the inflection and the tones from all the three of the main characters uh rod Jerry and a Dorothy, whatever. This movie felt like it could be performed on Broadway to me.
1: (laughs) Sure. Thankfully, they don't have singing in it because I'd be out if that was the case. Singing the dialogue and I'm cooked. Complete me. (laughs) Show me the money.
3: Show me the money would definitely be a song. You, You my
1: motherfucker.
3: throwing
1: money in air and shit. (laughs) You, my motherfucker. I'm Mr. Black people. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, this could work. Yeah. Write it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting
2: to getting the second
1: I like this film. I like it. It does not pass the remote test. Tristan, for the for those of you who don't know the remote test by now, if you turn it on the TV and you catch it at any juncture of the film, you drop the remote and say, Well, I know what I'm doing for the next Half hour, hour, what have you? This does not pass the remote test for me. I maybe will watch this once or twice before I drop dead of boredom, but I will not watch this anytime soon. It's a six and a half out of ten for me. There are some good moments. A lot, there is a lot of you know fatty fat in this film. Oh, yes. I didn't. It's not. It's not as great as everybody says it is. Tristan, I'm with you 100. So we've got a five, a five, and a six and a half. And uh, the Bruce Springsteen song, not a fan. I guess those are the moments people will love this film for. Those cheesy romantic moments, the Bruce Springsteen song, and Twitter, I guess Cooper Gooding Jr. as well. So that's how I summarize this film. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Critics, five star reviews. Jerry Maguire reviews. still holds up as a superb emotional roller coaster. No. Charming comedy and surprisingly deep meditation on intimacy, connectivity, and toxic masculinity. Wow. One, two, three. Ugh. Stop it. God, they really loved it, huh? This dialogue is superb, bringing these relatable characters and their grounded situations an extraordinary sense of authenticity and hilarity. You can't put hilarity in the same (laughs) sentence as Jerry Maguire. This is not airplane, american pie, borat, friday, i don't know, whatever your your choices are, naked gun. This is not hilarity. No one's going, "Did you see how funny this movie was?" Stop it. It might have had
2: a little yeah. more comedic edge to it if it was
3: Sure. Tom Hanks. I, agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree.
1: Well, uh, show me the money, Jerry. That's my Tom Hanks impression, which is goddamn awful. Next one. On the jock front, Gooding is so believable in his role as Jerry's selfish, pea-brained wide receiver client that the Dallas Cowboys might consider signing him to compliment Michael Irvin. (laughs) This is the the best critics' review I've ever read on this podcast because it's spot on.
3: Wait, Rod was selfish? Did they not see them uh, like what rod what's that because like he
2: had this deep brain on yeah. the on yeah. field and with his uh you know his teammates and shit but when he was with his wife and family or whatever he was a whole different person
1: well and then jerry points that out but he's selfish in the sense of i'm all about the money and that's it i'm not about the team i'm not about winning I'm about the money that's mm-hmm.
3: where the selfish element comes from from yeah. my guess is jerry really the should jerry really be judging anybody on selfishness and i'm just i don't think he's the i feel like it's the right message but wrong messenger because jerry can't judge anybody on being selfish. Yeah,
2: because he did everything for his own benefit for the most part and everything and he, neglected,
3: and he, had, been he had some
2: selfless Rod. moments but it was majority for his benefit
1: Cruz gives perhaps his most appealing a performance ever in what nah. is arguably his best movie. I'll
2: gladly argue that this person is wrong. Nah, shit. I like Jack Reacher. I like goddamn um, Miller Sky more than this.
1: <laughs> Jack Reacher was pretty good. The first one was decent. The second one was an abysmal piece of shit. Yeah, yep. it was just so, like. And I read the book. Uh, we got you
2: for two films. Let's hurry up and make the second one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right on. Yeah. The minority Report is better than this uh mm-hmm. mission Imp- mission impossible all of them and i i love mission impossible films all of them is better than this edge of tomorrow better oh, than edge this. edge of tomorrow is but bo- so, yeah. i i believe Bonkers. by far
2: that's his fate my his best movie to me Edge of Tomorrow. i love that film it's yeah, so underrated every mm-hmm.
1: everyone who's seen it will fight on the hill for that film because it is so goddamn good and so criminally underrated yeah, and, and they'll unappreciated call
2: it live die repeat instead of edge of tomorrow yeah <laughs> Critics, one-star reviews.
1: A meandering and deeply shallow tale of spiritual redemption built around the Teflon persona of Tom Cruise and driven by the conviction that emotions worth expressing can be summed up in pop songs. No. Lauded as a witty moral fable to, Yeah, sorry. Lauded as a witty moral fable With a revelatory performance from its star, this romantic comedy is in fact meretricious, manipulative, and reactionary. Oh, yeah? Well, I think this review, this reviewer is a logophile and undoubtedly a disciple of purple prose. See, we all can Google words that people don't regularly use and try and seem like a pseudo-intellectual, and then when we call you on the carpet, doesn't feel so good, does it? I hate these reviewers. I hate them. (laughs) Amazon five-star reviews Renee Zellweger the best actress of her generation no well wow. <laughs> guys guys did we ever hear of someone called Meryl Streep
2: how uh, about yeah Goldie
1: <laughs> Hawn yeah, I mean Goldie Hawn hold on a second I have to call you on that one Rob Goldie hey man, Hawn Def
2: becomes her is awesome
1: <laughs> yeah guess what Meryl I mean whatever Meryl Streep by far Renee Zellweger the best actress of her generation appears in her first big time role in this movie just looking at her facial expressions is worth the price of admission no. again the who farted face for two and a half hours did not move <laughs> me. did it move you fellas I don't no. think so no Nope. Tom Cruise is big head and then he becomes good person Me, John, you big tree, great adult movie. It doesn't have anything x-rated. Its themes are just appreciated by young or mature adults finding yourself making life count, etc. I mean, did they not miss the part where he's banging out Uh, um, Kelly Preston? Kelly Preston.
3: Thank you. Yeah, like that was like towards the beginning of the film. Like the first 10 minutes, right?
2: Or goddamn on her doorstep when she he damn took a dress off damn that's near. That's true. Kissing her all down her fucking chest and shit.
3: You get
1: some side boob too. It's a good old time in our house. This one, this title of this review is called Let's Bang It Out. Mm-hmm. This movie has it all except for one thing full penetration i mean how romantic can a love story be without a schlong and a hot juicy box i think the kid died in real life or at least i hope he did because he's annoying i think kelly preston is married to a guy named vinnie barbarino who sexually harasses masseurs lucky bastards anyway grab some rubbers water-based lubricants and your female or male love interest and get your hump on no this the what? movie. Wait, wait, hold on. The movie is circa Dawson's Creek, so it brings back all those great memories of being young. Guys, did I miss where Katie Holmes screamed out, "Don't stop fucking me" to James Vanderbeek? <laughs> right. I love this. <laughs> this movie has all, except for one thing: full penetration. <laughs> I mean, shit, hell,
2: you had damn near uh, Cuba gooden Jr. schlong hanging out. Some, the film. There was a lot of
1: man
3: ass in this film, right. I Right. Yeah. those locker room scenes? I was like wow, they really
1: They yeah. they almost went where no or uh um any given Sunday went where they're showing full mm. dong. Mm. Love that film. Not for the full dong, but uh, mostly, about to say. <laughs> mostly for Lawrence Taylor, <laughs> for that's that's for sure. And Jesse Spano. Amazon, one star reviews. Get ready to hate this person, fellas misogyny disguised as a chick flick next (laughs) right yeah
3: Moving on.
1: I think you fellas both pointed out how she was equally as fault as he was. Hell yeah. Yeah.
3: Yes, definitely. This movie was
1: irritatingly boring and weird. First of all, Tom Cruise's character is way too cocky. It makes me want to punch him. Have you ever met a sports agent that wasn't you dummy or know someone who knew someone who may have passed someone in the street who was a sports agent? That's I mean, what that's they do. Trait. Yeah. Also, Renee Zellweger and him have absolutely no chemistry. So there's zero chance I'm reading this is cut and paste to can Oh, to can really believe they should be together by the end. It was just so lame, extremely low and way too long. I was forced to buy this movie and I never have a regret. And I have never regret a purchase more in my life. Again, I cut and paste this guy's this. I think the second biggest regret of a purchase is if you read this, the bitch fell off t-shirt.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, He did make some points that all three of us touched on in this, uh, you know, in this podcast so far or whatever, but like everything else is just kind of off base.
1: I think I must be crazy. I think Tom Cruise is an excellent actor, and so are all the other participants, like they're part of a a, a field day elementary school. yeah, good job, good job.
2: (laughs) You did it, you acted. Thanks for
1: being here. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for carrying the orange slices, fellas, Uh, the other participants in this movie. And the writing is pretty snazzy, too. The problem is the plot is ridiculous. Evil agent suddenly becomes good agent and then spends the rest of his time up to no particular good or much of anything. Also, young single mom quits job because evil agent suddenly announces he's good. Quits job that rich evil agent who suddenly becomes poor can't pay her anymore after offering job. I give up. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Last one. Ugh. While all I was while watching this, all I could think of was show me the ending because it's so long. <laughs> That's
2: pretty funny. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah.
1: Had this movie been a lot shorter, I would have liked it a lot better. But it dra- It just dragged on and on and on to the point where I didn't really care anymore. I wanted to say to the po- I-, I wanted to say. Oh, fuck this up! I wanted to say show me the phone books that Tom Cruise stood on to bang Kelly Preston. <laughs>
2: that's fucked up <laughs> but he ain't lying rob
1: did tristan gut the sacred cow
2: i think he did i mean it it's an overrated movie it's but just, i mean it i still kind of like it or whatever but it's just like the, the relationship aspect of it kind of drives me up the wall a little bit because i was just like it's the editing it's just like i need to know more you know the, how much time has elapsed other than the freaking two hour and 19 minute you know overall movie marker and shit i need to, some delineation of time in the goddamn film oh,
1: that's the problem you don't know the time frame i thought it was more just dragged
2: out in parts that were superfluous well, yeah it's just like it's, it's, it's so stupid
1: <laughs> yes I, but just again, playing devil's advocate, guys, I don't think there are many people out there. And, and again, heard—that's what we call the fan group. Heard. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who's out here defending this movie on the hill? Like again, like us three defending Edge of Tomorrow. No one's out here going, Hell "Fuck no. you, Jerry Maguire is your shit," and I will fight you where you stand. No one's saying that.
2: You know, the last time I heard, like for real, for real, the last time I heard somebody. No, no. How about for about- real,
1: for real, for real? <laughs>
2: The last time I heard anyone talk about Jerry Maguire, do you know when that was?
1: Nineteen ninety seven, the year after this came out.
2: No. When you asked me to be on for the Jerry (laughs) Maguire. That was the last time I even thought of this movie.
1: Yeah. This is something you're not you're not people aren't running around going, Oh, dude, you know, Jerry Maguire's been on HBO a lot. I get sucked right in every time. No. Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, LA Confidential, The Matrix, Die Hard clerks all those naked gun those are the ones you're like yo 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 turn it on right now it's
2: on i'm not hearing anybody running around saying show me the money anymore i'm right on way back when yeah but not nowhere near now it has no lasting or staying power
1: tristan where can the good folks find you what are you up to shout out everything that you wish to announce and promote
3: Okay, great. Um, Yeah. So as we mentioned earlier, I write for Geek Vibes Nation. Um, I'm a book reviewer and film critic for that website. I also write for the Cinema Spot and United by Pop, again, doing book reviews and interviews and um, film reviews and things like that. You can find me on all social media platforms under Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, circa 89. So yeah, please check me out. Please do. And make sure you get that second I in there. I mistakenly omitted that. <laughs> not able
1: to tag him and go, what the hell? I thought he would say jumping here and there. But that's my fault because I misspelled his name like a dumb dumb. My apologies. No,
3: Rob- no. I was going to say, I kept, uh, I, I've kept. i been misspelling Jerry Maguire. It's M A, it's M-A, not M C. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> oh, you really? I better note that for the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to say that. Please note that. <laughs>
2: Maguire.
3: Oh, my, my
1: friend. <laughs> Rob, my friend, we've been doing this dancing together for a while. I'm glad I got you on my show because you've been kind enough to have me on your show a bountiful times. Word. Why why don't you tell everybody what you're up to, what you're playing and where we can find you?
2: Word. You can find me hosting the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast once weekly on all social media platforms. You can find me on Twitter at 3RShow, Instagram at the 3 Show. And if you are into professional wrestling, you can listen to me live with my co-host on RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk, live every Wednesday after AEW Dynamite on twitch.tv forward slash RBR Wrestling.
1: Make sure you're checking out guttingthesacredcow.com to get some sweet-ass merch, T-shirts, hats, mugs, bags, you name it, we have it. guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And again, please leave a five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. We appreciate that. Fellas, it's been a goddamn delight talking with you two gentlemen on this fine evening. Tristan, Rob, thanks again for hanging out with me. Appreciate it. Thank you. you for having me. Thank you for having me. We will see you folks next week. And again, thanks a ton for giving us an hour plus of your week. We love you. Avida Zen.